So we can get into this evening's sermon. So I've titled this, The Listening Ear. So hopefully it'll be a challenge to you tonight. It's been a challenge to me about how well we listen, how well we, we listen to, to people, to our friends, to our family. Uh, but more importantly, how we listen to the Word of God and how we respond to that. So I want to start off with a, a little bit of a riddle tonight that I was reading. I thought it probably strikes the point of trying, what I'm trying to get to tonight. So it begins like this. The man was talking to his wife and he says, You're the engineer of a train. There are 36 people on board. At the first stop, 10 get off and 2 get on. At the next stop, no one gets on, off, but 5 get on. At the third stop, 4 get off and 2 get on. So now the question for you, he said to his wife, is, what's the name of the engineer? She says, oh, how am I meant to know? She snaps. See, you never listened. Right at the start, I said, you're the engineer of the train. So it was clearly her name. So trying to highlight a point there that sometimes we struggle to listen carefully and miss out on some vital points that are trying to come across. Maybe as a child, you remember during your childhood where your parents would often say, did you even listen to a thing I just said? I'm sure we're all guilty of that as kids that we just we don't listen to our parents and not attuned to it. Or maybe husbands, we've been guilty of this one, where your wife's always saying, did you just listen to a thing I said? And we say, yeah, of course I did. I, you know, I was listening. She goes, well, repeat back to me what I just said. Yeah, well, okay. I think it was something to do with maybe picking up the, the kids from school on Wednesday. She goes, no, no, no. It was dropping off the kids to school on Monday. Yeah, okay, radio. So you get the idea of what I'm trying to say there. Sometimes we're not always attuned into listening correctly and being an active listener. So my background is, is working in sales, as a lot of you know, as, a, as a, an account manager. And a big thing is that we're, tr- we're taught to try and be active listeners, listening to what the client has to say. And I must say, even though we're, we're, we go through sales courses and training courses, a lot of the time... Some of us are pretty bad. I've experienced that. I'm guilty of that at times, but I've been involved with some colleagues that just don't pick up on the point and they still want to hear their own voice and talk above people as well. But the key is there is trying to to ask open-ended questions. So give the opportunity for the the client there to talk. And the more you talk and the more open-ended questions you give to them, the more they reveal. So they'll give you clues and um, little points about you know, your pricing's high or little complaints or give out um, competitive information just by uh, opening the, the questions and, and listening and being attentive and let them guide the conversation. And so that can improve things. And it's by no chance that God gave us two ears and one mouth, and that's for a reason that we need to be doing twice as much listening as we do, do talking. Um, and so that's not always the case with people. So tonight I ask you a question how well do you listen? Do you truly listen to people? Um, already you're probably getting people say, sorry, what, what did you say? Can you say that again? So I'll say, ask again, how well do you listen? So just as we often fail to carefully listen to people, we often do this with the Lord as well. We fail to listen to him. And the word can be really clear sometimes on issues or situations that we're facing in life. But sometimes our minds are already made up and we don't want to hear what the Word of God says about that, because sometimes it's convicting. It confronts um, the direction that we want to go to, the flesh. But God can speak clearly to us, but if we're not listening carefully, we can often miss the instruction and the will of God in our lives. 
And Jesus realized this listening was crucial and critical. And he highlighted this point several times throughout Scripture. Uh, In fact, 15 times Jesus mentions in the New Testament, he says this expression, "He He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he says this around John the Baptist and in the parables, and we're going to be looking at one of the parables tonight, but he says that, he highlights that point, stresses it. And in Revelation uh, chapter 2, when, he, when the, the, the letters in the seven churches in Asia Minor uh, concludes a lot of those letters by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here it says, let him hear. He's calling people to pay close attention to this. So it's another way of saying, listen up, pay close attention. Jesus is trying to gain your attention and you need to be listening to this as well. And so he taught a lot of these things in in parables and crowds love to see hear the parables and the stories of the parables as well um, because they could relate to those they were practical examples in their life that they could listen to and relate to but unless they were willing to listen and, and tune out from the other distra- distractions then they were purely just stories empty stories for them as well they weren't wouldn't get any meaning for them as well so they needed ears that were willing to hear so it's a problem today we know that. It's a problem today. People just don't listen. There's distractions in their life. People don't want to be tuned into the word of God. And this was an example in Jesus' day as well. And so that's why he stresses those points quite clearly to us. So that goes to a bit of an introduction. So I want to look at three types of listeners tonight. So you can follow along in your outlines there. And as I want to see the results of these three types of listeners being one of these listeners. And if we get time, we'll finish with a couple of examples of how we can try and improve our listening as well. So maybe you can identify yourself with one of these listeners tonight. And as we go through the three, I pray that maybe you can identify yourself with the third one when we get to that. If not, maybe there's changes that you need to make in your life so you can be a better listener. So really challenge yourself. How good a listener am I? So the first type of listener that we're going to look to this comes from Hebrews chapter 5 and basically goes from chapter from verse 5 through to 11. Uh, verse 11, though, gives us the main identification of this type of hearer as well. So you can follow along in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 5 to 11. So I won't read that all out, but you can follow along. And I'll give you a little bit of context here so that way we can understand what verse 11, 11 actually means. So here the writer has just been talking about Jesus being the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So I would expect that this idea would get fleshed out a little bit more, and this does. This happens in verse 20 of chapter 6, and also in chapter 7 it goes into a lot more detail. Um, But not just yet. That comes a bit later. But it's almost like there's a pause button that the writer's put on here and stops almost mid-sentence as he realises there's an issue here with the Hebrews who he's writing to. So word had apparently got back to them that there was a problem with their their hearing, their spiritual perception of this. So it's like these things just weren't getting through and he's had to stop and go, oh, hang on, we have a hearing problem here. And this is where it is in verse 11. So this identifies our first type of hearer. It says, "Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye a dull of hearing. So here we identify our first Hearer. It's the dull of hearer. So you might look at this and go, okay, so they've just got a hearing problem. No, it's more than that. It's a hearing problem and a heart problem as well. They might be hearing it, but they don't want to 
um, really listen to it hard and make some changes in it in their life. So it's critical that we get this uh, point a bit further as well. So the content concerning Melchizedek that the writer eventually gets around to describing in more detail in um, in, the, in chapter six and seven, it's not beyond their ability to understand. Uh, it's not an intellectual problem. They had the the firepower. They had the mindset that they could understand it. So it wasn't what the the teacher was trying to say that was the problem. It was the receiver of the word there, the hearer. It was a bit of a moral and spiritual problem as well. They had become dull of hearing. They no longer wanted to hear the word of God and what it said and what and what it said to them as well. They'd been tuned out to that. So I don't know if you know what dull actually means, but it means sluggish. And this is also used in chapter 6 and verse 12 as well, the same word. So they've become slothful, lazy or indifferent. So it indicates laziness. Um, so one that is dull of hearing, they might be a very hard worker at work and do the right things and be diligent. They might be really good around home. They might be doing a lot of things there to, to help out around home. But they've become lazy and dull of hearing to the word of God. They've tuned out. There's no passion, no enthusiasm, no desire anymore to read the word of God. They could understand these things if they wanted to, but they're unwilling. They don't want to listen to the scripture. And as I said, it's not the the, the presenter there, what's being said. That's not the issue. It's, it's the hearer of the word. So this dull of hearing doesn't mean that one is unintelligent or incapable of doing it. They were capable of doing this. Um, and how do we know this? Because the, the Hebrew writer returned to this topic about two chapters later in chapter 7. Rather than waiting a few years or writing another book around that, they knew that they were ready, if they were willing. It wasn't beyond them to understand these topics of the high priest and Melchizedek. And it also doesn't mean that one's abandoned their faith. The letter here to the Christians were described as holy brethren. But of course, if they kept on going down this path, they were in danger of becoming unbelieving hearts and turning away from their faith. We can also have this dull of hearing in our own relationships with friends, with family, people at church, our close relationships. So ask yourself, how well do you focus on them? Are you really interested? So in conversations you have with people, do you always centre the conversation around yourself? Are your ideas and your opinions more important than what theirs are? Or do sometimes we ask them a question and then we just tune out. We don't even listen really, so we're not even interested, even though we try and ask some questions. Or maybe you've been guilty of this one where you actually ask a question they're answering it and you're already premeditating another question in your head. So you're not even really listening to the answer again. Or what about your body language? Maybe you ask a question to someone and then you're just you're looking away or putting your arms up, not really interested. No engagement, a lack of response. I've got an example of that of a friend I have in Melbourne, so no one knows him, so I can mention I'm not going to mention names, but I've got a friend there that um, I used to go to uni with as well, and he was really he was really bad at that, and everyone knew all our friends around that knew what it was like. So he would literally ask a question, and within probably a second or two, you could he'd be turning away. So you could say, "Oh, you know, how are you and your family?" And you could say, "Oh, well, yeah, my wife's got cancer. I've lost my job," and he'd be, "Yeah, okay, right, yeah, yep, okay." So he wasn't attuned in really at all, wasn't listening. And Proverbs eighteen thirteen gives us a really good verse and some advice around that. He says, "He that answereth." 
a matter before he heareth, it is folly and shame unto him. And also in uh, two verses later in Proverbs 18.15, The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. So the ear of the wise listens to instructions, and the heart of the wise discerns what is heard to acquire knowledge. Important and, and a lot of wisdom in those verses there. So what does this show? When we, when we have these relationships with people and we're not really attuned um, or interested, it, it, it shows that we don't generally care about the person we're talking to. There's no concern to, to find out how they're going. Um, not, to, not to pry and be rude, but to find out maybe some of their struggles or, or ways that you can help them. Um, so without asking these questions and listening attentively, we're not going to know about people and how we can, we can help if, as Christians. And this also reflects in our relationship with Christ as well. If we do this when we read the Word of God, we might read it and we pay no attention, not willing to change. This really shows an unwillingness to know Jesus. It shows a lack of care and love around the Word of God. There really isn't any interest. So it shows not only in our relationships with our friends, maybe family, but also our relationship with Jesus himself. So how can this maybe manifest itself in the life of a Christian, this type of dull of hearing. While there's no enthusiasm to be under the word of God, we have plenty of opportunities to be at church. We can be at church mornings, usually evenings, prayer meeting. There's many opportunities that we can, but maybe we, we decide that we've got other things that we can do instead that are more of a priority. So we might just skip the, the Sunday morning or the prayer meeting because we've become dull of hearing. We don't really, want, we don't really, really want to hear what the word of God says anymore. So we'll, just, we'll be minimalist. We'll just come to what we have to. So there's a reluctance to go to church services. Or maybe we might say, well, I know this preacher's not really engaging, not uplifting, or you know, it's not what I really want to hear, so I'm not going to go this service as well. Or maybe you're in church and you go, well, this person's not really talking to me, so I'm just going to switch off and just think about the shopping I've got to do after church, along those things rather than listen out for the important truths of the Bible. Or maybe we know certain topics that pastor's going to be preaching on in the upcoming weeks and we go, yeah, that topic doesn't really interest me, so I think I'll just sit this one out. I'm going to miss church this week. Or maybe we do go to church, but we're more interested in being on our phone in church. Or maybe having a little bit of chit-chat with someone next to us in church. Um, We're not really attuned to the Word of God. So these could be signs that we're becoming a a dull of hearer. We're not progressing in our Christian life. Um, so don't become lazy and dull of hearing. So hopefully this can be a challenge to you that you can realize this and identify this in your life. And maybe you can be convicted of this and, and seek change in your life as well. So what's some other results of this type of condition, this type of hearing? Well, in rebuking these brethren for being dull of hearer, the Hebrew writer explained that it was such a serious issue that he gave us some results of this in verse 12 that you can see. So one who's dull of hearing, they, they can't discuss Bible to- topics anymore. So maybe you've been saved, you've, you've come to Christ, um, and the gospel message is very simple. It's very clear. Uh, it's very easy to understand and to be saved. And it talks about that in Acts 16, that um, you can obey and be um, saved in that same hour of night. However, there is some, some scripture, the, the verses that, and topics that are hard to understand that require diligence and study. But one who is dull of hearing can't understand these, they can't progress, or they might distort these difficult passages as well. 
We know from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 that we need to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to get into the word of God, understand it, look for the truth of the word of God. Diligence is needed. But when we're dull of hearing, we can't do that. We don't progress. We don't understand these things. We can't come to a proper understanding. Another point there that someone that's dull of hearing needs to be taught the elementary principles again. So the rebuke of these Hebrew brethren was that they needed someone to teach the elementary principles of the oracles of God again. Um, they'd understand, understood the principles from the start, but they weren't, once again, weren't making progress in that. They, um, it wasn't evident in their life at all. Um, so one who was dull of hearing isn't making su- sufficient um, progress in their life to get past these elementary principles as well. Going back in years when I was a kid, I, I had some piano lessons growing up. So I did that for quite a few years as well. Not something I always enjoyed, but um, it taught me a bit of discipline. Um, and I wish I'd gone on with it in my adulthood, but I didn't. But I was a bit like this. I was a bit of a dull of hero when it, when it came to learning the piano and the things there as well. So I probably didn't practice as well as what I should have. I didn't pay attention to the lessons as much as I should have. I was making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, I was becoming a bit lazy. I really wasn't improving like I should have. And this became become the same thing as the Christian as well. You might understand the basic things. So I was understanding some basic notes and timing and those things to do with the piano. But I was not really progressing into the harder stuff as well, into the theory and the practical side of things. And this become this can become exactly like this in the in the Christian walk as well. It's become become dull of hearing. We understand the basics and the fundamentals, but we're never getting past that, even after years maybe of being a Christian. So this also also goes into this next point around the dull of hearing remains in a state of infancy. So new Christians need the milk, milk of the word. Um, they need the fundamental teachings and principles in order um, to know the Lord and for spiritual growth. So that's, that's perfectly normal. That's natural. We go through that stage when we're first saved. But a, a sign of spiritual sickness is, so, is someone that is not progressing any further than that. They can't walk any further. They're not accustomed to the word of God. And so time had passed here where the Hebrews should have matured. They should have progressed further in their, in their Christian walk. But they simply had not done that. They had became dull of hearing for too long. So in verse 14 there, it talks about practice or exercise or habitual response to try and progress in our life. We need to be doing that. We need to have a deeper faith, um, discerning right and wrong and, and producing fruit in our life. And the last point around that is that the dull of hearer is incapable of teaching others as well. So it's important within church circles that we're all growing individually as, as Christians and we can try and foster um, and disciple those new Christians in church. But if you're a dull of hearer, you're incapable of teaching others because you're not progressing any further than the basics. So a church relies on, on teachers, on wise people and women and, and men that have grown and nurtured in their, in their walk and so that they can then teach others within the congregation as well. But if you're dull of hearing, you can't do that. You're unable to, t- to teach because you haven't learnt much about the Word of God. Another example is, well, I did, did some teaching for a year. Um, and when I was there, they said, oh, what, you know, what, what subjects would you like to teach? So I gave them a list of things, and I said, oh, look, I really don't want to be teaching IT anything above year 10. And as it was, they go, oh, well, you can do year 11, VCE. 
So I thought, oh, great, okay, here we go. I've got to try and do this. So I got stuck with it and I felt a little bit overwhelmed. I felt incapable of teaching others because I hadn't really progressed in that subject enough. I hadn't learnt. I'd learnt some fundamentals, but I hadn't really progressed any further than that. So I felt incapable of trying to teach this to other students as well and show them. And this can be exactly the same with the Word of God, that we, we don't feel capable of teaching others as well if we haven't progressed in our walk. So I think that gives you a pretty good idea about the dull of hearer as well. So maybe you can identify yourself with that one and maybe you can realise there's change that needs to be made in your life. So the second listener that we're going to look to is from 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through to 4. So here you can, you can read those along there as well. But essentially, in summary, it's the epistle that Paul's given to Timothy here. So it's, there's some encouragement and instruction on how he should be preaching the word. Uh, he's mentioned to, the preach, to preach this word in and out of season. So basically, preach the word when it's popular, when it's not popular. And today, that's very much the case. It's not popular, but keep on going. Preach the word. Don't relent on that. Keep doing it. And in verse 3, he gives us a sign of the times and reveals to us the second type of listener we're looking for. Paul warned that the time would come when they wouldn't endure sound doctrine and they want to have their ears tickled with a watered-down and compromised gospel and accumulate for themselves teachers having itching ears. So there it is in verse 3. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So that identifies the second type of listener. Itching ears. So the Greek word for itching literally means to itch, rub, scratch, or tickle. They want one's ears tickled in desire to be massaged rather than hearing messages. They'd rather charm than to be challenged. They'd rather entertainment rather than being edified. And they'd rather be pleased rather than be preached to. So the the poor warns about this that they'd want to continually have their their um be titillated with novelties. So itching ears is a figure of speech that refers to people's desires, faults, um, needs or wants. It's a desire that impels a person to believe what he wants to believe rather than what the truth actually says. So people with itching ears will decide what's wrong and what's right according to themselves. We know that's dangerous when we rely on our own heart and our own flesh to make decisions. It's not right. So Paul's warning is that the church will one day to contain those who open, have opened their ears so they could be scratched, so they only want to hear what they want to hear. And this is very much applicable today, and we'll talk about this a little bit further. Some of the examples of what goes on in churches, and we can definitely say that those people have itching ears. I read a commentator who explained it like this. In Paul's days, the pigs had a disease called itching ears. The symptoms was that their ears got inflamed and itched terribly. The only way they could get relief from these inflamed ears was to go to a pile of rocks and rub their ears earnestly and vigorously. The stones scratched the ears for the time being, only for a short time. Paul saw that, smiled a sad smile and said, I'm running into Christians here that are just like that. They love pleasure more than God and they won't endure sound doctrine. They have itching ears so they'll be eager for something else beside the sound doctrine and the holy ways. They will pile up teachers everywhere and rub their ears for dear life. So this is a bit of an illustration of what it's, it's trying to be described here in these verses. Once again, going back to my, my sales industry days, um, 
that we deal with lots of people and personalities and how you respond to different people. It's, it's quite interesting how you approach people as well. And often we come with customers that have big egos. They like to be told how good they are at their job and they really enjoy that. And sometimes they go, well, they'll give you work just by stroking their egos, but they've basically got itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. And sometimes it's not always the truth as well. But people do that just to try and get on side with them. And sometimes this happens in church circles as well. People will move from church to church. They'll be very unsettled because they want their ears scratched. They don't want to hear the hard truths of the word of God and be convicted of those and means they have to change. They want to go around and just get a, a nice, easygoing, um, not convicting doctrine. And people often uh, go in circles and find groups or clusters of people as well that will do that they can uh, associate with as well. And this is not the way that we should be living the Christian life. We should be trying to find a church that preaches the word of God, be settled in there as well, and be challenged and be willing to change accordingly. So what's the result of the itching ears of this type of listening? Well, as we said, Paul said that warning that we shouldn't be surprised that this is going to happen. This is a sign of the last days, godliness um, in the last days where uh, people will be deceived and deceive themselves as well. And they won't endure sound doctrine. So that's one of the key things. Doctrine is truth. It's written in the word of God. People won't endure that anymore. They'll try and twist it for their own means. Um, And this is going to take priority over over preaching and the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it gives us an example of how we should be like, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So instead of walking in this way, people wanted to, they didn't want to hear about the power of God. They were turning away from this. So as I said, they'll go from church to church to find someone that will give them all the promises of God without them walking in a, with faith and obedience. So they want to have their ears tickled with a watered-down and compromised gospel. Um, they want a feel-good credo instead of teaching the plain truth of the gospel of grace and about sin and salvation, these fundamental truths The whole purpose of Christ uh, coming to this earth and his resurrection was to to heal a sinful people and offer a way of forgiveness as well and be justified through that. But these things have just been watered down. They're not important now for people. So the closer we get to the the church age, the more we recognise this prophetic word from Paul. And it's coming to pass. We see an evolving gospel which focuses on feel-good, Uh, We look at a prosperity gospel everywhere around, and I'll touch on this a little bit further, which is deceitful and dishonest and and offers false uh, proclamations. Uh, We we read about emerging churches that are happening as well around the world. There's universal salvation where everyone is saved eventually, uh, and there are many ways to God. It just minimizes the whole point of salvation. Um, Certain groups might say we, we... um, serve the, the same deity. Um, there's social gospels, mysticism, people going to meditation and yoga and uh, all these type of things and still say they're Christians. They'll follow secular philosophies that uh, an unbiblical biblical po- prophecy is ignored or it's either twisted as well. There's purpose, purpose-driven life like Rick Warren and social gospels that people get sucked into 
and would rather read people's books and opinions rather than the word of God. So true Christianity is um, disintegrating as well. We need to try and seek the, the, the lost um, and guide them in spiritual maturity as well and try and avoid them not to go down the path of having the itchy ears. There's even replacement theology, which is becoming big in church circles as well, which incorrectly teaches that the church has replaced Israel. This is a big thing that people are writing books around and getting involved in that and Calvinism and these things as well that uh, people will seek today. Um, As I said, there's the, the, the prosperity gospels. People are after a new and a fresher idea. And Ecclesiastics tells us there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible's tested... Um, gone through the test of time and remains true uh, if we only just look for that for those messages in the Bible Uh, people want their ears tickled in a lot of churches and by their books or uh, what they preach on TV trying to to make money so I found an example of this I was just curious the other day a couple of weeks ago I was just looking and I googled uh, mega churches in the USA just to see, and there was just heaps came up on Wikipedia. There was probably maybe a hundred or so with a lot of different denominations. And so they'd often go through and say what they generally get in, in a weekly service. So some people are getting around 30,000, 35,000 people to a weekly service. So I thought, oh, well, I'll look into a couple of these churches in a bit more detail. So I went onto their websites and, and then actually started watching a few of their sermons. And this definitely identifies people who've got itching ears. And there was one that I saw in particular, which was called the Elevation Church. And a pastor there, Stephen Furtick, who, went, who incidentally apparently bought about a $1.7 or $2 million property as well and said that uh, it was a gift of God and the house really wasn't that big. So, so there's nothing wrong with money, but when it's excessive and you know, there's a lot of other things we can be using it for, then you've got to really question their motives. But this particular pastor, he turns up on a stage ripped jeans, unbuttoned shirt and decides to get his, his guitar out and play a bit of rock music to some songs as well. And then he puts in a, gets the Bible there and picks out a verse and then goes on with a, a bit of a story. So, and people were loving this. They were entertained, entertained with a shallow sermon which filled their mind with good ideas uh, but it was really woefully lacking the gospel and the date great doctrines of Christ and then I clicked on a couple of others I won't go to them all but they're all very much along the same path um, really shallow very emotional based feel good but no hard hitting truths as well people just wanted the itchy years just a feel good message walk away feel uplisted for the afternoon and then get back into normality of life and go through struggles so we see this today we see Christian feminists denying God as Heavenly Father calling him a she. We see um, homosexual Christians that are not only welcome to the church but into fellowship and under the pulpit as well. Uh, all these things, people are uh, they're turning away from the hard truth. Sometimes it is challenging, but we need to put the time and consideration into really growing our Christian walk and studying the word of God. And that's the remedy for the word of God that we need to look uh, for the remedy for the itching ears. We need to be prepared to listen to the word of God. We need to have correction and rebuke and encouragement in our lives as well. And to do this, it takes patience and careful instruction as well. But it's well worth it. We want to progress in our Christian life. This is what we need. We don't need these feel-good, fantasized, 
messages that, that come out um, that really don't give us any solid truth. They're just pe- people's personal stories almost at the thought of these churches. So let's not get our ears tickled. Let's look at what the Word of God says and the true doctrines around that. So now we look at the third type of here, and hopefully you can be encouraged by this. Hopefully you can identify yourself with this. And so this comes from the parable of the sower. So this comes from Luke uh, chapter 8 and verse 15 as well. And also it's in the other, some of the other Gospels, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through to 23, and also Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through to 20 as well. So a lot of you will know the parable about the sower. So you can read that again, or you can follow along, or you can read it in your own time, but I'll basically just paraphrase it for the, the sake of time. So we know that the sower here is the word of God. Um, so the sower is Jesus and, the, the, and the, the seed is the word of God. It's the same seed that's been sown into four different soils. So the, the seed doesn't change. The word of God never changes. It's how the response that's, that's different, the changes here as well. They're vastly different. So some f- fell on the wayside. They heard the word of God, but the devil snatched it away straight away. Nothing was ever produced. There was never any true faith, repentance in their life. Some fell on the rock, which only had very shallow soil. You can imagine sock with rock and, and shallow soil, it's not going to be good nutrients in the soil. So it was unable to take root. So they receive the word of God with joy, but there is no substance. So as soon as we come up with a bit of temptation or a bit of trial, we just drop our faith. We walk away and forget everything that we've known. Then we see the seed that fell on thorns. So they've heard the word of God and gone forth with some joy and some enthusiasm. But then the weeds grow as well and they choke. And the cares and the riches and the pleasures of the world um, have strangled you and they bring no fruit so you can almost basically say there that it, it's the dull of hearing as well or maybe the itchy ears as well so both of those could be summarized in that particular situation as well so there's no impact any further in their lives but now we get to this last one and this identifies our third type of hearer which is the listener whom the word of god fell on good ground and produces fruit So we can look at that in chapter 8 and verse 15 of Luke. So it says, But that on the good ground are they which in honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So here they said they heard the word and kept it and bring forth fruit with patience as well. So that is our third type of hearer, someone who is honest and noble and good heart, someone who's heard the word of God and kept the word of God in their, in their life and they've developed it with great perseverance and patience as well and it's developed. And you see some of these people in their lives that they've been Christians, solid Christians. I've, I've, my nana and papa, they're in their mid-90s, still alive and they've developed that. They've been one of these noble hearers. They've listened to the, what the word of God has said and they've obeyed that all through their life and you can see it in their life. They've got a joy and a peace throughout decades of belief as well. So pray that we could be a listener like that. We get to the end of our life and we can look back and say that we have been for decades. So you can see the fourth type of source, the good soil representing here is who have got a noble and good heart. The word noble in Greek is kalos, which basically means beautiful in outward appearance. So morally good, praiseworthy, 
contributing towards salvation. Kalos, which is a fairly common word that denotes a solid person, a wholehearted person as well. So the word translated good is um, agathos, which is good or inner worth, especially moral. So we know from Jeremiah the corruptness of the human heart, but this is not what Jesus is emphasizing here. We need to wonder at what Jesus emphasizes is a good and noble heart. So if it's Christ's word and fruit is growing your life, this is because you have that condition, you have that noble heart, one that has opened, um, been open to the word of God and has it in large amounts. So. Also here we talk about the word being mentioned there is about retained. So this basically means hold fast, retain faithfully, keep in one's possessions. Don't let go. Don't fall away. Keep it. Grasp it. So those with a noble and good heart don't let the word of God go. They've listened to it. They persevere with it. They keep it in their mind. When, it's, when trials and difficulties come, they refer back to the word of God. They're not swayed. They hold it fast. And there's another word that's mentioned in the, in the, the verses there about persevere or with patience. And the Greek word basically means fortitude or steadfastness, perseverance. And so this is a characteristic of someone that has listened to the word of God and retained it for the long haul. Not just a short time and walked away, but they've retained it in their life for a long time. So four characteristics of a good heart are given in this passage. They hear the word, they retain the word, they persevere in the word, and they produce a harvestable crop at the end of it as a result. So that's a bit of a result about it, but we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. The result of this type of hearer. So the result of this type of listening is the person that will bear fruit in their life as a result. They will they'll grow a love for the Lord that won't dwindle, that will get stronger. And also with other people, the way they respond to other people, as I mentioned earlier about listening and having a care for other people. People that have this type of listening are concerned about others' needs as well. They have a desire to help and to love and they cherish those relationships they have just like they do with the Lord. So they have patience and contentment in their life to deal with situations as their faith in Christ is strong. They persevere in their Christian walk and don't give up. And they've also got attitudes of serving, serving others, what they can do to help. This is what God's seeking. And his word itself has the power to create it to those that want to listen um, and and obey and take it seriously, those that want to cherish the word of God and put it into practice. So faith springs up from the word. It's not flashy. It's not showy. It just grows patiently. And it's watered by the word of God too, which as Isaiah says, is like rain and snow that cometh down from the heavens and water the earth, making it bud and flourish. Hopefully that can be your relationship with the Lord. It buds and flourishes. There's growth that we can see. People can actively see that and notice change in your lives. The faith sends down the roots so that even though temptations and persecutions come along, these faithful hearers flee to Christ for refuge, for strength and for forgiveness. So they're surrounded by the same cares, the same struggles, same pleasures as all of us. But they heed the warning, the warning of Christ not to let those things take priority over the word of God. And so firmly rooted in Christ, they produce a harvestable of good works of sacrifice and love and service, compassion, care, selflessness, even hearing the word of God um, and praying for the saints. So these 
are the type of hearers that Jesus wants. He seeks those people as well. So you could probably almost summarize that by saying they cherish the word of God, they believe it, and most importantly, they put it into practice as well. So hopefully you can appreciate the the wonderful opportunities that we have to listen to the word of God. Do you take it seriously? Do you use every opportunity to, to sit in church and and see it as a privilege and to try and have listening ears to obey and to change and make improvement in your life and understand the word of God more deeply and have a love for that. So maybe you might go, well, I struggle with some of these things. So maybe there's a few steps here that can help in trying to be a better listener. And these can cut across the first two for the dull of hearer, maybe the one with itching ears. So first we need to recognize the problem. Evaluate yourself. Examine it against the word of God. Go, am I really at a standstill in my Christian walk? Am I not progressing? Have I not been interested at all for too long? Have I neglected the word of God? Have I been looking at a feel-good doctrine that um, is not true? Have I been too worried about these things and not really progressing my walk? Maybe have a good evaluation. And then maybe you need to go, look, I need to make listening an act of worship. Um, Look at it as reading the word of God and how you can pray and sing praises to God. Make some changes there as an act of worship. Maybe in your sermons in church, you maybe you've got to try and listen attentively from, from the start to the finish. Get the whole message and the whole sermon in its context as well. Um, and in our own personal devotions, don't just read a sentence and then just that, go, that will do. Try and delve into it. Look at what the word of God is truly saying as well for you. Maybe some other ideas could be when we're at church to, to look at the speaker as well, be attentive to the, the speaker. Maybe we need to follow along in our Bible, take some notes, not necessarily notes that we need to look on later on. That'd be, that'd be great if you do, but take notes that maybe might help you concentrate with the word of God as well. Don't close your eyes and try and nod off. Listen to it as well. Be attentive. So read along in your Bible so you can be a more of an active listener and get something from it. Use that opportunity as a privilege to be in church and to see what the word of God says, regardless of who's sharing the word, whether it's pastor or guest speakers or whatever it is. If they're true and honest people and sharing the word of God, we should be looking at that opportunity to, to grow from that. So we also need to listen to the, to the word of God with, with faith. Do we really look at the word of God and believe it? Or do we just read it and, and walk away and not really take it seriously? We need to look at that with faith, with belief as well, shown in God's word. Uh, everything in the word of God is true. So do we see it that way as well? Do we respond in that way? And the last point there I'd like to say is that we need to listen with a mind that's willing and a heart that's willing to change as well. Do we do that? We know that we know sometimes when we, we need change and we, the word of God convicts us. Uh, people might challenge us with the truth and we know that sometimes we still are hard-hearted don't want to listen to it and refuse to change. But maybe we need to do that in our life. We need to have the ears to listen and the heart to change the way we're doing things as well and listen to the truths of the word of God. So Jesus tells us how to hear the word of God and that it does affect our life. So hopefully this this evening you can see that the importance of listening. It's been clear from the word of God. Jesus mentions it several times. He wouldn't put that in there at all if it wasn't important. Um, so maybe you can identify yourself tonight as one of those maybe you are the Dell of Hera 
you've been tuned out for too long. Maybe you're itching ears and you just want to go and get something that tickles your ears for a short time, but it's really not going to give you growth in your life. But I pray that maybe you are the third hearer. You respond to the word of God. You listen to it. You love the word of God and you keep on going to maturity in your Christian walk. So I pray that might be that might be you tonight. We'll close in prayer tonight and hopefully you've enjoyed and got a blessing out of it this evening just as I have when I've been going through it in, uh, in the study. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God and we thank you for the privilege that it is that we can open it, we can read it. Thank you that it has been um, preserved for us that we can read it today openly anytime. Pray that we would listen to the word of God. We would respond to that accordingly. Help us to make change when you point out things in our life, Lord, that do need uh, change. Convict us of those. Help us to grow in spiritual maturity so we can help others as well. But we do thank you for the blessing of having the word of God. May we read and meditate on it, study it and grow, Lord. And we thank you for tonight's message and the privilege that's been able to share it, Lord. And we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen.